Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Rum Buncher Radio, episode number 51. Marty Leap, Trey Entity, back with you again. Tonight we are joined by Cody Patanko, staff writer. Cody, thanks so much for coming on with us. The Pittsburgh Pirates are 500, gentlemen, as hard as it is to believe. 22 games in, now they're 11 and 11. They've just completed a really nice road stand, 6 and 3 on that trip. We're going to talk all about those series, preview some upcoming stuff, follow the storylines like we usually do. But before we do that, Cody, how have you been since the last time we saw you? It's been a while. Uh, yeah, it has been a while. I think it's been too long, uh, but I'm I'm doing good. I got a, a new podcast project going on called Pirates Unrestricted. Uh, still writing for Rum Bunter as usual, so everything's going good. Good, good life, good writing, good podcast. Awesome, yeah, great to hear, man. We'll talk about some of your work later on as well here. Uh, but Cody, Marty, these Pirates are playing some okay baseball right now, a little better than we expected. What's been your favorite part? Uh, so far, let's talk about this road stand here. What was your what was your highest note you think for the Pirates as they went six and three and played some really good baseball? Milwaukee went to Minnesota, now just got two out of three. Uh, you know, looked really good in Detroit there in the middle. So um, you know, let's just jump right into it, fellas. Cody, you want to get us started? What was the thing you liked most about this uh, triumphant Pirates team over the last nine games? Uh, I mean, where where to start? Uh, starting pitching has been one of the things everyone talked about being a potential weakness but we've seen guys like JT Brubaker and Mitch Keller make huge starts uh I wouldn't say huge starts but uh steps forward in their progression and I think if you want these guys to lead you into the future you need to see more starts like this yeah no doubt it's been it's been really fun to watch um, because you know we're we're nervous every time we see Mitch Keller take the mound. I know Marty's nervous, especially there. He's uh he's coming around though. I think Marty, what do you like best about this road stand? Yeah, it's super encouraging right now. To me, I think the most encouraging sign is you take some of the games from this road trip, especially Milwaukee, especially in Detroit. Not so much Minnesota because the Pirates kind of really took it to the Twins last two days. But in Milwaukee and Detroit, there were a lot of games that the last two seasons, this team 100% loses. They take Sunday in Milwaukee, for example, when they took the lead, I think it was in the inning, when Reynolds hit that home run, bottom of the eighth, Milwaukee ties it. The last two years, they lose that game in Detroit. The first game that doubleheader, the Pirates put like 10 guys on base. The last two years, they lose that game. You're seeing a young group that, yes, this is not the be-all end-all, but there are a lot of guys on this team right now that they want to be part of the core moving forward and be part of the core the next time they can end who are learning to win Major League Baseball games, and that is very important 
you know, to go back a couple of years, I know we keep referencing this, but we saw the Pirates in 2011 and 2012 go through a lot of similar things where that young core learned how to win baseball games. And then in 13, 14, and 15, it paid off. And I think we're witnessing something similar. And it's just fun to watch. It's fun to watch a young group of players who I got to give a lot of credit to Derek Shelton, to Ben Charrington, and everybody for the culture they have cultivated with this organization already. And like I said, they're learning to win baseball games. And it's fun to watch. You know, like they might not be over 500 the rest of the year. You know, they might lose the Kansas City on Tuesday night and be a sub-500 the rest of the season. But they have been better than expected. And it's just it's fun to watch because you're seeing young players take that next step. And you can start to see the foundation being laid for that next group of pirates who are ready to contend for the postseason in a year or two. Yeah, and you know what? I think one word you said there, two words really you said there that are so important. They're learning to win major league baseball games. This past season, the 60-game season, that is, you know, this team wasn't, prepared to win really any kind of game and this team wasn't supposed to this season and we're, we're 22 games in you know we're we're not acting like this team is now in some kind of position that they're competing or you know they're going to be in contention in July in August but um you know it's really promising and to think that this team has been without their best player you know they lost Key Brian Hayes game number two and have still been able to rally around the offense of all things and you know now they're getting great starts out of these young pitchers we see Miguel Yahoo Ray make his major league debut this past week uh, you know, there in Detroit in game two, so much to like from this start. You know, you, you maybe look at the box score of this game and it looks a certain way, but, uh, you know, if you watch the game, you saw that curveball that he has developed so much. The fastball looked awesome. His control was, was great. And I think what I like the most about it, what we haven't seen from Mitch Keller his entire time in Pittsburgh, the confidence. I mean, this kid's 22 years old, lets up a solo home run and, you know, comes right back at the next batter. We saw that twice on uh, on Wednesday night. So, you know, a lot to like from Miguel Yahure. Um, you know, do we do we get to see Miguel Yahure a good bit as this season continues? What are you guys' uh, thoughts there? Marty, you want to get us started with this one? Yeah, I mean, I hope we see a lot of Miguel Yahure moving forward. Um, before the season, um, when we did our staff predictions, he was my prediction for Pirates Cy Young this year. Because I have really expectations for him. And considering my prediction for breakout player was Dustin Fowler, I need something to write. I need something to work out for me. So, but, um, no, I, I fully expect we'll, we'll see him back in the rotation probably in the next month, month and a half. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, I, I think we'll see good things out of him. Like you said, Trey, starting against the Tigers, the box score did not do him justice. He got hurt by, a, for lack of a better term, a lazy play by Polanco in right field. And then you can see him starting to try to get to hit the corners, things like that, instead of being aggressive. But those first four innings, man, he looked good. He was aggressive. He was confident. That curveball, man, that curveball is going to be a weapon for a long time to come at the major league level. And, you know, it's, it's early on, but just what we saw from him alone, it looks like the Pirates really, uh, really hit a home run island trade. Is, I mean, obviously, he wants to change his entire new good. He's a great guy. He's been through hell and back in more ways than one in his life. But he has really struck the Yankees this year. And there's not a good track record on guys who've had multiple Tommy John surgeries. So it does look like that Ben Charrington probably uh, really put off a great trade there with the Tyone deal. Cody, 
you know, you talk about Yahoo Ray and, and what you like and what you don't like. You know, do we see that confidence return? I guess, you know, what what have Oscar Marine and this coaching staff done to, to get confidence to this pitcher? Because it's not just Miguel Yahoo right now. We're seeing so much more confidence out of Mitch Keller. A lot of these bullpen, bullpen guys, too. You know, you hear everybody talking about how how much of a difference Oscar Marine has made. You know, what's what's fueling that confidence right now for all these young pitchers? Well, I think Jeff Hartley said it best when I interviewed him. When Oscar Marine comes out to talk to you for a visit, he says, just trust your stuff and expletive throw it. <laughs> it's, it's honestly just that simple. And I think the simple approach that he gives them is a confidence booster. Because when you say you have great stuff, just throw it, that kind of gives you some kind of confidence whether it's false or not and any kind of confidence is good confidence especially with young guys you got just attack the zone i don't care about hits i don't care about runners just throw strikes your stuff plays yeah it's that simple no doubt i love that idea i mean it's just so much more comfortable and it's not to say that this past regime didn't you know provide comfort whatever else but it did seem a lot more high strung i think at all levels especially with the pitching staff in this bullpen, it's just comfortable right now. They're feeling a lot more, you know, easy, loose out there. And it's, it's showing. This staff has looked awesome. Uh, but, you know, this offense, like I mentioned a minute ago, has been kind of leading this team at, at, at times. In some of these games, you look at a guy like Eric Gonzalez, who has done everything right at the plate, um, you know, really defensively as well. You saw him make an incredible diving play at third base today. Uh, but, you know, Kevin Newman was named the starter. He's had his struggles as well. So we look at this side-by-side -side right here. Gentlemen, what are they going to do with Eric Gonzalez when Key Brian Hayes returns? I think you have to find a spot. Is it the chopping block for Kevin Newman? Do they switch roles entirely? What do they decide to do? Marty, you, uh, you had an article about it uh, this week. I think the name of the article is just, you need to choose Eric Gonzalez or something along those lines. What's the argument for him? Yeah, um, basically what I was saying is at this point, you combine what Gonzalez has done offensively compared to Newman Gonzalez's defensive prowess, a shortstop. And I think when Brian hits back, Gonzalez has got to be your guy. Um, I mean, I understand with Eric Gonzalez, I think a lot of fans will forever have him in a little bit of a negative light because he came into that trade in 2019, was going to be shortstop, didn't play well. He has a collision start with Marte in the outfield, hit both on the injured list. It was a mess from the start. But, you know, right now, Eric Gonzalez is he, – he's been the better player than Kevin Newman. There, there's no way around it. Newman has really struggled offensively this season. And, you know, to, to me, that does not come as a surprise. You know, that, that 2019 season for Newman is looking more and more like an outlier. He struggled in majors in 18. He struggled last year. He struggled this year. He struggled in the minors in 2018. Really, other than his 2019 season, the majors, Kevin Newman has never hit the ball well professionally. And in terms of defense, Newman is a below-average defensive shortstop, and Gonzalez can be a plus plus of position. So even if Gonzalez is going to give you, you know, average at best offense, he's got to be your guy when the time comes. And I think right now you're going to him every day. If that means Gonzalez third base, Newman is short until Hayes comes back, with the team looking like they're ready to put Reynolds in center field with everything left and go for it. You know, Gonzalez has been a run producer. 
you know, anyone who reads my, my work has listened to me knows I'm not a big believer in RBI for whatever reason. But Gonzalez is something like six for 10 this year on the scoring position. And that does speak for itself. So I think right now Gonzalez needs to be playing every day until we give you a reason not to. And with Newman struggling offensively, with Gonzalez being the better defender of the two and by a good margin, Gonzalez would really have to fall to play offensively to get to the point where Newman should play over him. Yeah, yeah I think it's something to say uh, with his two-strike approach too. Yeah. Uh, his two-strike approach has been incredible. Uh, we saw last year with – uh, Cabrian Hayes and his two-strike approach. Uh, maybe it's rubbing off at the third base position. Maybe it's just playing the hot corner. <laughs> just put whoever's struggling at the hot corner. Oh, yeah. no, I mean, just stick real quick with the two-strike approach thing, Cody. I mean, to look at Gonzalez, his strikeout rate and his career has been 47, 32, 24, 24, and 26%. Mm-hmm. This year, it's all the way down to 16%. So, again, you're seeing big strides with that two-strike approach where two strikes, he's still putting the ball in play. And, you know, you put the ball in play, you force the defense to make a play, give yourself a shot. Especially if you come up with a run on third and less than one out, or less than two outs, excuse me, put the ball in play, you're probably getting a run driven in. So, it's I think that's one area Gonzalez really has grown this year. Like you said, Cody, with that two-strike approach, because his strikeout rate is almost 10% lower than his previous career low. He's been clutch. Like you said, Marty, you know, with runners in scoring position, he's he's hit above 500. He's looked, you know, like the, the clutch player on this team so far this season. Another guy that is, is produced and has been slumping here recently, Phillip Evans, uh, you know, recently made the, the transition out there to left field, providing some defense for the Pirates. He saved a home run the other day, ended up saving that run from scoring that inning. You know, we, we talk about Eric Gonzalez when Brian Hayes comes back. But, you know, it's, it's still maybe not a spot for all of these players, including Phillip Evans. Do they keep him in the outfield? Do they, do they want to run with this Brian Reynolds, Gregory Polanco, Phillip Evans outfielder? You know, do we see him just become a, a super utility guy and, and something else happen there? Uh, what's to do with Phillip Evans? Marty, you're the leader of the hype train. What do you think is going to happen? Um, there's no denying it. Evans is really struggling right now. Um, this afternoon, this is Twins. He was one for five with three strikeouts. He's now five for his last 49. He's struggling. That said, I still think Evans needs to be playing pretty close every day. Um, I One thing I think the Pirates really need to do right now is take a page out of the old Clint Hurdle book and disengage our players. Yeah. Given yeah. that, don't, dude, I would not start. I would not start Phil Evans on Tuesday. Give him Monday off. Honestly, I wanted Evans today. We have today off, Monday off, and Tuesday, because that is one thing Clint Hurdle came to really nail when he was here was those three days off to get that guy kind of recharge his batteries. You know, I wouldn't hate if Evans didn't get a single starting for Royals this week. Give him three, four days off. Let him clear his head. You know, again, poor Hurdleism. The league has punched back. It's time for Evans to punch back. Let him have those couple of days, watch some film, kind of see the bad habits he's gotten into. He's really chasing that high fastball right now, which is giving him a lot of problems. You know, let him sit against the Royals, get his head cleared, you know, between Gonzalez, 
And Kaye Tom's supposed to join this team on Tuesday. You got Todd Frazier now. You can make work at the lineup. And get back in there against the Cardinals because I still think Evans, I don't know if he's an everyday player, but I do think he's a very good hitter. And I think he's a guy that at least until Hayes is back and he's playing every day. And even when Skip Ryan comes back until Evans gives you a reason not to, you guys will play every day. You know, again, like we said a bunch, this season is all about the future. It's time to find out what Philip Evans' long-term goal is with this organization. But, again, I think we need a day or two off this world. You know, get that hurdleism, clear his head, disengage, recharge the batteries, and see what we do against St. Louis next weekend. Yeah, and I'm, I'm – if you don't mind me jumping in here, Trey. No, by all means, whenever you want, man, go for it. It's your floor. It's your show, Cody. Go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, to, to me, and I know uh, one of our fellow contributors at Rum Bunter referenced Josh Harrison as a comparison to Philip Evans. And I actually absolutely love that because I talked about that uh, previously as well. He doesn't give you the same speed factor or maybe dynamic ability that Josh Harrison had. But he does add that spark plug to the lineup when you insert him in. So I, I don't know if he's an everyday starter, but I think he can give you that bench option that's so crucial when you make runs. And I think Philip Evans can be that guy. Yeah, no doubt. You know, when he's not slumping, you look at this lineup with Cabrian Hayes healthy, and you don't get that, that same kind of cringe factor you got last year. You look at, you know, up and down, one through nine, and... You know, the pitcher is hitting this year, but you really feel pretty comfortable in a lot of spots. And I think that's what's, you know, fueled this team. It's not one star. It's not one guy over the other right now. There's not too many personalities. There's really no personalities in this lineup. And they're playing a lot of small ball. They are finding holes right now. And they're, they're just getting a lot of clutch base hits, something we didn't see at all next year. Had a conversation about it today in our group message. Is it sustainable? It's, you know, a pretty simple question here. And we got a whole lot of baseball to be played, and you know we talk about it all the time. They're 500 right now, but what's to come? You know this is this is short lived. You know whatever else is it? How sustainable is this, Cody? You you uh you brought the question into the group message today. I, I want to hear your take on it first year. Do I think it's sustainable? No, but it's really fun to watch this. I mean, am I right? <laughs> it is a blast. I mean, we saw last year that the Miami Marlins kind of played above their heads as well. Do I think that they can make a playoff push, the Pirates? No, absolutely not. But we are seeing positive signs uh, with the, both the bats and the pitchers. Um, one positive sign that we see is Brian Reynolds is back. Never that I thought he was gone, though. <laughs> 2020 was a screwed-up year for everybody. And yeah. another guy we see is Colin Moran, even though he's slumped a little bit. Uh, Colin Moran has figured out how to take that outside pitch – and get it into left field. That's so crucial with a left-handed batter like Gregory Polanco can't figure out. Although he did hit a moonshot today, so that's say, went down and got it. <laughs> so that's you. You watch your mouth about Gregory Polanco. Yeah. <laughs> Philip Evans and Gregory Polanco. You cannot bring right. up no, Marty's. No, no bad mouth and even one home around here. Mitch Keller now, you know whatever, but. Uh... Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I mean it's um it's just been a lot of these guys like you're talking about Colin Moran. It's just been consistency so far this season. Marty, can they stay consistent like this? You know, is it possible to to keep this going? I mean, I wish like how it was, because I mean any fan will tell you, 
man, there's nothing better than a pennant race in the summer. There really isn't. 13, 14, and 15 were awesome. Even 2018, when this team didn't make the postseason, finished a winning record, and they ran until the end. It was a lot of fun. It's just there, there's no better way to spend a summer night than the ballpark when your team's in contention. But, I mean, ultimately, I still expect the team to finish last place in the National League Central. I still think they get a top five-day draft pick. But, you know, you know, I'm working on my, my series recap for the Twins for the website for Monday morning right now. And one of the things I mentioned is, you know, this is a lot of fun right now. Enjoy it. Like, the world has gone to hell the last year. And there has not been a lot to enjoy. But you know what? The Pittsburgh Pirates are playing some really good baseball right now. There are young teams showing signs of growth. They're going to get through the month of April at worst, two games under 500. Enjoy it. They're playing good baseball. They're fun to watch. Just have some fun, guys. Like, I understand all the negativity that some people have, but, like, if I would have told you before the season with this schedule that after one game you're going to lose to Brian Hayes for 22 games, what's going to be their, their record? Nobody would have said 11 and 11. Hell, me personally, I probably said like 6 and 16. I would have completely punted on yeah. things. But they're playing good baseball. You know, you got to give a lot of credit to Shelton and his staff. This is probably not sustainable. Barring some like crazy 1969 Mets, this ain't gonna happen. But it's fun to watch right now, so enjoy it. You know, just have fun with your baseball team is playing well. And I see this prop up a lot on Twitter as well from people who kind of get what they're talking about. The most encouraging thing is not that the Pirates are 11 and 11, and this kind of ties back when you talking about Brian Reynolds, Cody. What's most encouraging is Brian Reynolds. Colin Moran, Dwayne Underwood, David Bednar, Kyle Crick, you know, JT Brubaker. These guys who can be building blocks, these guys who you think are important parts of your future are the guys who are playing well. And that's what you want to see most, and that's what we've seen. And that's what gives me a lot of encouragement that, you know, 2022 into 2023 could start to really become something special for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah, and I think the biggest step forward for this organization is to extend somebody, and I think Brian Reynolds could be one of those guys that they need to lock down. Yeah. It's yeah, not a Gregory that. Polanco signing by any means. It's, no. it's 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 pretty clutch if you sign him. Yeah, I mean, at this point, and obviously this isn't going to happen to this extent, but at this point I would give Brian Reynolds a blank check and tell, tell me your number. Yes, the absolutely. Your hitter. And, like, he's going to be a guy who's never going to hit for a ton of power if you look at home runs. He's but a double he, machine. Exactly. 2019, he broke he broke the Pirate rookie record for doubles, which was held by Paul Wainers. When you're breaking a Hall of Famer's record as a rookie, you're doing yeah. pretty damn good. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, just, it's consistency, production. It's Brian Reynolds is everything you want in a player. A lot of these guys you look at, Brian Hayes, I mean, 
the guys in the minor leagues, Hudson Head just continues to gain more traction and more excitement as he, you know, continues to work it out there in the alternate sites. Um, but, you know, it, you have to enjoy it right now. You have to enjoy it while you got it. The Pirates are in third place. I don't know if you gentlemen uh, ever look at those MLB power rankings or anything. They're always so ridiculous. I think they're still down at the bottom of that, whatever. But uh, it's a lot of fun right now. But um, I got to kick out of that a couple of weeks, but like, the Pirates dead last. <laughs> and Padres, like, third. And this is after the Pirates just split a series with the Padres. Yeah. Literally. And then they go, you know, take two out of three from the Brewers, and then the Brewers are fourth in the next power. It's just like, you know, it's it's crazy. But uh, that's it's all right. Bait. It's clickbait. We all know this. We're watching Sunday Night Baseball night, the, the Dodgers and the Padres, and I love Joe Musgrove. Anyone who's read my work last year knows I love Joe Musgrove. But they're talking about Musgrove facing the Dodgers tonight. And they said the Dodgers are a totally different animal than any other lineup he's faced this year. Well, they just conveniently ignore the fact that the Pirates beat Joe Musgrove last week. Did you see my comment? I don't think I did, no. Yeah, it's I did it under the podcast thing. I'm trying to build that following up. <laughs> Get the brand so, out there, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I said they also knocked Ian Snell out in two-thirds of an yeah. inning. Ian Snell couldn't get to the first inning, baby. Bucket line. Literally. Literally, right. I mean, it's <laughs> – you know what? The respect will come eventually. The respect will come eventually. It's all right if ESPN, MLB.com, whatever. They can have their fun. They can get our, our clickbait. Um, but the, the – yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Pirates got to 11-11 today with Will Crow on the mound making his first start as a Pirate. Marty, you, uh, you, you maybe took some people off there on Twitter. I think the tweet was just simply, Will Crow is bad. Uh Thoughts on that? I, what was the uh, the thought there? <laughs> now, listen, my offense, when I said simply, Will Crow's bad with the Rumble Twitter account, um, it was the second inning. I think the, uh, the Twins had runners up first and second with either one out or nobody out, if I remember correctly. The first inning on the end, because Alex Kirilov did a 104-mile-hour missile, but somehow found Will Crow's glove and turned it double play. But like I said, to his credit, he settled in. You know, those first two innings, the first inning, he was giving up a ton of hard contact. The second inning, he could not spot his pitches at all. But to his credit, he settled in. And he gave the Pirates four quality innings. He only gave that one run. And, you know, he probably left the door open to make. I don't think we see him make a start again anytime soon. Um, I talked about this on the site over the weekend. Because of off days, the Pirates don't need five starting pitchers again until May 11th. So I'm going to guess that when Kaye Tom joins the team on Tuesday, Will Crow's the guy who goes back down to the minors. Or I guess the alternate training site before joining Indianapolis. But Crow, you know, he made a good impression on Sunday. He really did. And I think we will definitely see him again this season. I think the Pirates are going to work him as a starter. I still think Crow's best potential long-term at the major league level is as a reliever. But I think the Pirates are going to give him every opportunity to start this year. And we'll, we'll see where it goes. You know, the pirate rotation has been very hit or miss. Tyler Anderson and JT Perdmaker have been awesome. Everybody else is way up or down. And we'll, we'll see. I mean, obviously the pirates see something in Crow, or else they would not have picked him up in the Josh Bell trade. Excuse me. But, yeah, hey, he came out Sunday. He, he righted the ship for the first start. He gave the pirates four short innings and helped the pirates win the series. Mm, bullpen guy, though, Marty. Cody, tell Marty why Will Crow is going to be a back-end starter for this team in the long run. He's 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 a number five. He's a number five to But me. a starter, nonetheless. I mean, yeah. he might be number five, but you look at this team's 
minor league pitching depth, and if he winds up their fifth starter, like some, I feel like something is going catastrophically wrong. There's too, there's too much pitching depth in this system with high end potential for Will Crow to be a long term rotation piece. I feel. Yeah, I mean, I could see Cody Bolton surpassing him as the four or five, but I think he projects as a five right now for me. I, I love his bulldog mentality out there. I love his stick to itiveness, I guess you could say. Is that a word? So, uh, I, yeah, it is now. I like it. Stick to itiveness. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. He just battled out there, and he really didn't do anything wrong. He didn't, he didn't put us in a terrible position, is what I'm trying to say. And that is that that's basically what you want from your fifth starter, right? Yeah. Man, game manager, if nothing else. And, uh, you know, he did just that today. Alex Smith. Yeah, Alex Smith. That's a perfect example. Some will say game manager like Mac Jones. Yeah, I was going to say some some people may bring Mac Jones into the conversation. Uh, I don't know about all that now. No, whatever. But, um, no, I, I think Will Crow. Real whole time. Yes, sir. That's what I love to hear, Cody. That is what I love to hear. And, you know, go on every other college, Penn State for Marty, whoever else. We, we love Same all here, colleges. Penn State we fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, no, big nitty lying, guys. You guys got to deal with me sometimes. I'm sorry. We'll be classy about the winning. Hopefully it keeps coming down here in Tuscaloosa. Uh, but, you know, I mean, you look at the future, and, and the Pirates going to be doing a lot of winning themselves. This, this organization is just absolutely loaded. Uh, you know, you look at a lot of the young guys, and, and a guy that has already come onto the scene and, and made such an impact, a guy that we've missed out on a lot this season, Cabrian Hayes re-aggravated his wrist, taking simulated swings. I guess, you know, from what uh, I've heard, it was just almost game velocity in a batting cage, um, and it was just too much on the wrist, so his timeline is definitely set back. When do we see Cabrian Hayes return? Uh, you know, we thought it would probably be sometime within the next week, two weeks, but now it's looking like it might not be for a little bit. Uh, Marty, what's the update there on Cabrian? Oh, yeah, it's interesting with Cabrian Hayes. I, I know I saw some people in the media report this one of those deals with Hayes might kind of have to, uh, like, kind of power through it. But my thing is you're not, again, push the 11-11 start aside. You're not going anywhere this year. Don't make him power through anything. No. You know, he's your building block. He's your face of the franchise. He's your budding superstar. I see no reason to bring Cabrian Hayes back to his 100%. I really don't, especially because, again, like we talked about, you have Philip Evans performing well and played third. You have Eric Gonzalez doing well. You have Mark Frazier on the roster. I mean, Wilmer Defoe has very quietly been a good player this year. You can move him around. You have options. So combine that with the fact you're not super looking to contend right now, and I see no reason to rush Cabrian Hayes back. Let him rest up. Let him get to 100%, and then you bring him back. I wouldn't even be mad if he didn't play the rest of the year. You've got to be as patient and as careful as you can with him because as much as I talked about Brian Reynolds, Cabrian Hayes is your cornerstone. And I don't – like Marty said, you're not going to win anything this year. Why risk it? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, if, if we didn't see Hayes the rest of the year, I'd be pretty concerned about that. You know, you know, yeah, that. No, no, I know what you're saying. Elijah yeah. Green, they're getting Elijah Green. Come on, Elijah Green. Yeah, maybe they'll figure something out there. Hopefully, we see Cabrian at some point before the end of September. Uh, maybe Cody's onto something here. Extra precaution. We're gonna take it very safe with uh, with Cabrian. I think they will. You know, they they know what this season's about. We're not seeing them do things. 
out of the ordinary like we saw last year with the bullpen at times. We're seeing them really compete in these games and, and play hard. Uh, but, you know, they're not going to rush anybody back and really try to do anything that, that would put them in the risk for moving that window of contention back. Something that's moved it forward here rapidly, gentlemen. This bullpen has looked sensational so far. I want to I wanna, uh, highlight Dwayne Underwood Jr. especially. In this last week, I mean, thank you, Chicago Cubs. Oh, my goodness. This guy is amazing. And, um, you know, it just looks better and better each time out. What's been the key so far, Cody? Uh, I think Dwayne Underwood Jr. is what we thought Chris Stratton would be. Uh, he offers you a chance to piggyback. He offers you a chance to be your number set, uh, the seventh inning guy. Uh, and we see his stuff can play. He's, his breaking stuff is dynamic. His fastball moves. Uh, what's not to like about Dwayne Underwood Jr.? Other than Sammy Howard, I'd say he's been your most consistent bullpen arm. Yeah, yeah no, no doubt. Yeah, I think coming into the season, I highlighted the bullpen as potential strength of this team, and it's definitely been their strength. I mean – Rich Rod at this point has the longest scoreless streak of any reliever in baseball dating back to last season. Kyle Crick looks like 2018 Kyle Crick all over again. It's has so not nice a lot of fun. Uh, it's been wonderful. Dwayne Underwood Jr. has been awesome. Sam Howard's been great. It's just – it's been Holmes. I mean, it's everybody. Yeah, Clay Holmes. Clay Holmes is the one guy out in this res. Other than that, Clay Holmes looks like a guy who's finally figured it out. Michael Feliz, pretty one of the injured list. Look at a guy who finally figured it out before the guy got hurt again. So I think it's, you know, it right now, with the exception of Luiso Vieto, which that deals more with him being a Rule 5 guy, being rookie on the 21 of the majors. I don't know if there's a single reliever in this bullpen that you handed them with the, handed them with the ball late innings with the lead. I wouldn't feel confident in it. You know, David Bednar's look really good. Bednar's giving us a lot of contacts, but he's coming around, generating a ton of swings and misses still. It, it, there's a lot to like about this bullpen. And one thing I've been highlighting a lot, this bullpen's a bit of a win-win for the Pirates because you got Rich Rod pitching well. You've got Sam Howard pitching well. Chris Shatton, for the most part, other than one or two guys, pretty well. So these guys who you're looking for potential July trade chips – have pitched well, but also your Bednar, Underwood Jr., Crick, these guys who are potential long-term building blocks in the bullpen have also pitched well. So you're dealing with a bullpen that has trade pieces, trade pieces pitching well and long-term building block pieces pitching well. That's a win-win for a team like the Pirates for a rebuild. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, it's been everybody. Like you're talking about, it really has been. You know, there's not one guy you think the Pirates would be better off without him. Everybody's come in and done their job, and that's why they're 11-11. It's everybody on the team, not just this bullpen. They've been, you know, one of the strong suits here, but they're playing motivated baseball. They're playing disciplined baseball right now. It's been very fun to watch. Pirates are going to be returning home. It felt like this road stand's been going on for weeks now. Uh, they're going to be taking on the Kansas City Royals. Quick one, just two games uh, with the Royals' third straight AL Central team. Let's preview the series a little bit. What are you guys looking forward to the most? This Royals team has been playing some good baseball here to start this season. Cody, you want to get us started with the preview? Uh, I, I was a little scared when I heard we were going to play the AL Central. Again. Uh, last year, we couldn't <laughs> defeat the AL Central to save our lives. It seemed yeah. like. <laughs> 
Uh, but we've seen that the Pirates have performed above expectations, so why not feel excited about this Kansas City Royal series? Yeah, Tuesday night, you know, you get you get Jacob Junis from the Royals against Tyler Harris for the Pirates. Harris is awesome. Wednesday, Mitch Keller against Mike Miner. Big start. And at this point, every start for Keller is big because this season's sinker swim for Keller. And, you know, you, you look at it, coming into the season, you kind of pinpoint the Royals as a team you think the Pirates got, could have some success against. The Royals, like the Pirates, are off to a hot start, which is all unexpected. So we'll see where it goes. You know, this is a great opportunity for the Pirates to uh, try and get a win or two, stay at 500, maybe get a game over 500, going into that weekend series against the Cardinals next weekend. So we'll see what happens. It'll be nice to be back at PNC Park and just continue to watch this team kind of grow. You know, like we said, there have been a lot of fun so far. They've exceeded expectations. We'll see what's next. Yeah, and I think a big start is uh, for Tyler Anderson. Uh, you want to continue to see him build up that trade stock. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. You know, a guy that's looked really good so far, too. The stock is continuing to improve for him. And it's going to be really interesting to see Mitch Keller, like you're talking about again, Marty. It's, it's you know, baby steps, but we're getting there with Mitch Keller. And this, uh, this start's going to be another really important one. Cody, let's talk about some work you got coming up here, man. Preview any articles you're excited about? Maybe something dropping this week. Uh, yeah, uh, Wednesdays for Pirates Unrestricted. I am doing um, uh, Mailbag Wednesday, and I actually have uh, Mitch Nagy coming on. He's going to answer some questions, fellow rum bunner guy. Oh, yeah, our boy Mitch Nagy. <laughs> That's awesome, man, yeah. Yeah, he's a he's a character, man. <laughs> he's got he some is, following, yeah. so he he really does. You know, I've only seen the tweets. I I feel like Mitchell and I are friends. I'll call us friends. I mean, we've been friends on Twitter here for at least a year now. Um, really, when when we both started getting involved with Rum Buncher, and uh, it's been fun to see the following continue to build for Mitchell. That'll be good stuff on Wednesday. Anything else with Rum Buncher? Anything else you got going on personally you want to talk about before we get out of here? Uh, yeah, with Rum Bunner, I'm, I'm working on a couple of pieces. Um, working on a potential is Colin Moran uh, the answer right now if the DH comes for the future. Uh, I'm also working on a couple of historic pieces. It's taken a lot of research and a lot of painstaking nights of staying up till five in the morning. Oh, man. But uh, I'm trying to uh, get those pieces out. <laughs> That's that sounds a little tough, man. The the deep history, baseball history is awesome. It's fun, but at five in the morning, I don't know. You might need to pack it up at that point. But grinding for Rum Bunner, we love to hear it, Cody. Thanks so much for coming on with us again, man. It's always a pleasure having you. Whenever whenever you want to join us again, just let me know. We'll get it going. For sure, guys. It was it was a pleasure. For Marty Leap, my name is Trey Yanity. As always, guys, you can find us on Omni.com slash RumBuncher. You can find us on Fansided.com slash RumBuncher as well. Hit us up on Twitter. It's at RumBuncher. And wherever else you find your podcasts, Apple Music, Spotify, go check us out. The Pittsburgh Pirates are 500, 11-11. They're third place in the NL Central, playing some disciplined baseball right now. Let's see if it can continue into week number three. Until next time, everybody, have a great week. Let's go Bucks.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.